Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Stop Fly Time Machine, I'm Andy Dawson, Papa. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Hiya, welcome along everyone, Friday episode, uh, I think, uh, weekend's about to come along and hijack our lives, uh, will, will anything be any different at the weekend? I don't know. How's lockdown, Sam? Well, I mean, the weekend's <laughs> tough because there's this family quiz and... Um, oh, you're doing that right? Okay. Uh, and it's like, I mean, I think it, so, uh, it was Frankie Boyle who wrote somewhere, <laughs> um, I have no idea how lonely and bored I would have to feel in order to agree to take part in a family quiz. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, fucking, I hear what he's saying, right? Because it's a nightmare. My family are really big. Um and as I've outlined before or referred to on this podcast, there are some characters in my family. Mm. Mm. Um, and, you know, it can be a very stressful experience taking part in this quiz. What, so, what's, what's the logistics of it? Who, it's, it's who a compiles zoom. the quiz? Who, who comes up with the questions? And, and uh, we all have to do a round each. Right, right? okay. Because so, I've not done one. I don't know what the, what, how it my, works. My mother and father are both in it, but obviously oh, right. they've been divorced for many years and my mother yeah. is now in it with her current husband, Rod. Right, yeah. Right, so they'll be there at, at their house, the house that was the like where we grew up, and then my dad's at his place, and then I've got a sister who lives out in New York. She's there with her American boyfriend. And I've got a sister who lives like in sort of Hertfordshire, and she's there right. with her family. And then I've got my brothers dotted around. It's fucking, it's fucking loads of people. Uh, my brother Cassie always joins, like really drunk, not just like a bit <laughs> drunk. He's like pissed really up. Drunk. He's yeah. pissed up, and I just can't. I don't understand why he has to do it pissed up. Right? Yeah. It's it's like six thirty on a Saturday, mm-hmm. and. He just talks nonsense. He gets confused. He gets combative. And then the thing is, I rise to it. I rise to it. And then my daughter and my wife, who are the ones who sort of want to do it, Mm. they get cross with me. And then I start going, what are you getting cross with me for? I'm just fucking putting everyone else in line. Like Cass and whoever else. Like my dad can get a bit punchy. I'll put the other fuckers in line. Complain to them. I'm Mm. the only one like trying to keep some order. But they're like, no, can't you just sit and take it and press mute or whatever? So I find it, I find it very stressful. It and sounds horrific. Is, it, I mean, it, I feel, yeah, I think that's an appropriate word. And and we got to like, <laughs> you know, we did the first few weeks, and I didn't really enjoy it. And also, it went on for ages, and, and we eat quite early in our house, so it kind of goes mm. through my dinner time as well, right? And uh, and then we stopped for a while because it had been a bit annoying. But then you feel bad because people go, oh, why aren't you doing the quiz? And my dad, who lives on his own, 
and I think he's always in it and he looks forward to it and and other members of my family go to a, a lot of effort to sort of set the whole thing up and all night. And you feel like a bit of a cunt for not taking part. So then you go, all right, I'll take part again. But then straight away, I find myself embroiled in, like, you know, I'll admit, I've shouted. I've, I, I also, we always win, right? Right. Our house. So it's competitive and our house wins, which is largely because of my wife, not me. I mean, she's a yeah. bit of a brain box and she wins most quizzes right yeah and um so we always win and yeah i'll admit it means a lot to me to win to you know to get one over <laughs> on my older siblings do you know what i mean yeah yeah like i'm the baby of the bunch yeah. it's really important for me in adult life to always be above them they've come you've come from behind they've exactly. all had a head start I, and you, you know, know I, I was them. bullied and belittled a lot when i was young so oh. now every day is like revenge for me. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Well, revenge is a, a dish best served cold, isn't it? And via so, Zoom. Yeah. Do you think and that there'll be a, a fracture in the family unit by the time this COVID thing no, is this all is, over? There's nothing new. I mean, this is just life, just whether in lockdown or out of lockdown. This yeah. is a new condensed expression of it, right? And the thing mm. is, as you know, you know, in recent times, I have my, my MO at any family event there's just so fucking many of us and everyone's so fucking... I mean, I know I can talk, right? But everyone's like it. Everyone's fucking... Bah, 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 bah. So I stay... I get there at a family event. I get there. I get the, as much food onto one plate as I can and then I go to a separate room. I scoff it all down <laughs> and then I sleep until it's time to go. And that's safe. Yeah. Because I'm very... Yeah, I'm self-aware <laughs> enough to know that I will be annoying to other people, right? And I think <laughs> yeah. I'll only... Act, the thing is... I'll start acting like a right prick, right? Mm. No one needs that. So what I'll do is I'll go and sleep in another room because if I'm asleep, I can't do any damage. (laughs) (laughs) Nice self-awareness, though. I like it. Yeah. People think it's selfish, but it's not. It's selfless. And so, um, but you can't do that on a Zoom call. So what I tend to like doing at the end of this quiz, which goes on for so long, when it ends and the winner is announced, which is always us, right? Um, as soon as it's uh, announced, I slam the lid shut on my laptop. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so no grandstanding or anything. It's just no, right. I've won. I think that's it's it. A bang. Re- exactly because I think it sends a message, which is awful. Fucking but hell, at yeah. the time, this is the mindset I get myself into. I want them all to know that I was only there to win. Yeah. I wasn't there to socialise. Right. I wasn't yeah. there to be nice. I wasn't there to go. Oh, how's your week been? Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to come here. I'm going to win. Thanks to my good wife, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and and her ceaseless off. reading, right? And then <laughs> I'm going to fuck As soon as we have won, that's it. No more chat. Bang. Cut it off. Then, do you then go to sleep? <laughs> right. Sleep time. Everyone, go to bed. <laughs> Put it till 8 p.m. Doesn't matter. Sleep, sleep, no. sleep, sleep, sleep. My, my, my wife and my <clears throat> kids think it's really annoying and rude that I do that. But we've won. And I've had enough by that stage. And I want my dinner... Yeah. And I don't want to make small talk. I don't want to. What 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 will you do if, by any chance, you don't win one week? How do you think? I'll, have you got a contingency plan? Oh, I mean, there's all sorts Slam of awful things I could do. <laughs> Probably undermine the winners, yeah. which I do. If anyone, it's a couple of times people have drawn with us, and I've always there's always been something that I mm. really rankles with me. Like ages and ages ago, ages ago. 
there was, I drew and I drew my sister, my younger sister, which is the only person I can stomach losing to, right? right. Because if a younger sibling beats you, I mean, my older brothers should take a, to, should take note of this, right? Yeah. If you lose to a younger sibling, your response to that should be one of pride, right? Yeah. You should think, isn't that wonderful that they are better than me? You, 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 you kind of take some pride that you've helped them become that person. Correct. Correct. As a sibling. Absolutely yeah. right. And all of my older siblings could, I would feel, uh, yeah, they're perfectly welcome to take credit for some of, you know, for my great yeah. achievements, right? I don't deny that. They played a positive as well as a negative role in my life. And that's how I feel if my sister wins, right? She probably <laughs> is smarter than any of us, right? She went to Oxford University, my sister. Oh. She's like super clever, right? Yeah. And she, uh, and so if she wins, it's fine. However, she did draw of us one week. And I say I was okay with it, but I was I was annoyed that in Cassie's round they'd asked a question and it referred to the opening of the question was which South American country and then it said blah blah blah. I can't remember what the rest of the question was. Right? So the answer was Mexico. And I was like, we thought it would be Mexico because it was something like is the biggest producer of avocados, right? And I was like, mm. I'm sure that's Mexico. But then I thought, no, because they've specified South America. That's not Mexico, and is it? Everyone fucking thinks of Mexico as Central America. Yeah. Right? Now, letter of the law, because I've done a lot of research since then, right? Obviously, yeah. Yeah, Central America is not a real continent, right? Right. And Mexico is not part of North America. It's a concept. It's a no, It's an abstract notion, right? <laughs> so, you, I mean, technically you can say South America, but I just thought that was a stitch-up. Now, if I'd got that point... Yeah. I would have beaten my sister. That's all I'm saying, Andy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, you asked well, me at what my weekends were like, <laughs> and that is the thing that casts a shadow over my whole weekend, is that. I don't know what my weekend's going to hold, but I had a, it kind of feels like I'm in the weekend now, because last night felt like a Friday night, because mm. I did a, a V-pub chat thing with some of my mates, and that mm. was good. We didn't do a quiz, we just talked like, like adults. Um, and then <laughs> after that, I had a few drinks, so I dived into... Uh, the telly and uh, not literally um and i found on bbc iplayer right a bbc mm. scotland series a six-part new series all about the life and career of billy Connolly. wow <clears throat> six 30-minute episodes they've done four so far there's two more to come the next two weeks and it includes an interview with him big old interview from kind of last year so mm. it's really recent and he's looking back over his life and career and this hasn't appeared on BBC Two or BBC Four or anywhere you'd, you'd expect it. It's only on BBC Scotland at the minute, but it's on iPlayer, and it is fucking brilliant. If you like Billy Connolly, you will absolutely love this. It's got loads of old stuff going right back to his, you know, his early years, talking about working in the shipyards, some of his early stand-up stuff. Um, so I rattled through four episodes of that, and then I looked at uh, Sky Documentaries. Have you seen that? The new channel they've just launched on no. Sky. Sky documentaries and loads of the stuff is available just to download, you know, and catch up. Right. Yeah. Um, fucking hell. Uh, what I, what I ended up watching was Howard's Weir, which is a documentary about Howard's Howard Weir, Wilkinson. the BBC TV series. No. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's, well, I've always been about Howard Wilkinson. Now I'm still guessing. Let me have one more guess. Is it about Howard out of Take That? It's about Howard out of Ever Decreasing Circles. 
Howard oh, and Hilda, remember? But it just oh, focuses yeah, I do on remember Howard. Them. They were good, weren't they? They were. It just focuses on Howard. No, it's about Howard Kendall and that Everton side of the mid eighties. Oh great. That shone so brightly. And again Pat and Howe. Paul Bracewell. Pat, Kevin Sheedy. Pat Van den Howe. Yeah, everyone can name that man, team. Mad man, wasn't he? Pat Van den yeah. Howe. Pat Van den Howe, psycho. Uh, mm. He features heavily in it. Uh, I'm not sure where his head is, but uh, probably still a psycho. Now, I think he went out with Mandy Smith. That rings was, a bell, yeah. Was it prior to or after Bill Wyman had? Probably after, I think. I think because he nicked Bill Mandy Wyman, Smith off of Bill Wyman. Bill Wyman was going out with her when she was 14, so I would Yeah, that's was true. After. So if it was before Bill Wyman, then we'd, there'd be real trouble. Yeah, I yeah. think he nicked her off Wyman. Nicked her off Bill Wyman. He looks like the kind of fellow that would do that. But it's it's great. Like, all the players that, that were around then are in it. Andy Gray, Peter Reid, Adrian Heath, uh, Trevor Stephen, Gary Stevens, all of that team are there. Neville Southall, who is now almost completely spherical. Um, weirdly, it, they don't talk about Howard Kendall all that much. Obviously, Howard Kendall, <laughs> Howard Kendall, Howard Kendall died a few years ago, um, but they, they don't really talk all that much about what his influence was on the team, Strange. and how he would kind of you know get his get his message across and all that kind of thing. But it's it's really really good watch. Peter Reed, the, I suppose the, the captain was Kevin Ratcliffe, right? Ratcliffe, yeah. And but I suppose Peter Reed would have been like a spiritual. Leader, like yeah. there were, I mean, it was a, it was a side full of leaders, wasn't it? Yeah, because you had Ratcliffe and Sheedy, um, and Southfield would have been a leader as well, yeah, and also Gra- that team really, Graham yeah. Sharp, Graham Sharp up front, yeah. He used Graham to win Sharp. like I remember he won like Prodi. He was one of those players that in when I was a kid I didn't understand because when I was a kid <clears throat> I only was interested in. Bit, I suppose my son's the same now. I don't know if yours is, but you, I didn't. All I was interested in was supremely gifted show-offs, right? And any other sort of player, I was just found boring and annoying. I actually yeah. found them annoying. So when yeah. I was a kid, in the 80s, when people used to go on about Brian Robson, I used to fuck me off. I used yeah. to go, fucking Brian Robson. It's absolutely fucking shit, right? Yeah. And people would go, older people would go, shit. He's not yeah. shit. And i go, he's shit. And I'd I think thought it. that too at the yeah, time. Yeah, I thought it was total shit. Because any <laughs> player who wasn't capable of doing, like, you know, the players you liked then were like John Barnes, Glenn Hoddle, yeah. Chris Waddle. These, these kind yeah. of players, right? Yeah. And, and anyone else you just sort of thought was pointless, right? Yeah. And when people talked about someone... So when Graham Sharp, and every year, not every year, but a lot of years, a player who wasn't Glenn Hoddle or John Barnes would mm. win the PFA Player of the Year. And I'd become infuriated by it because things like that really <laughs> mean a lot you to you when you're a kid. You really care. I was something I would. I told you about when I wrote a letter to the Independent about Tony Adams, right? And it got published. Nope. It was the first ever thing that I, Sam Delaney, a man who went on to become Britain's best journalist, had yeah. published in the national press. I was so angry that Graham Taylor kept picking Tony Adams in the England team. That I wrote a letter because every, I think it was every Thursday, the Independent, it was when it was still quite a young paper, had a sports letters section on a Thursday. And they would publish maybe four or five letters from readers expressing their opinions about sport. Mm. From the hundreds of letters that they were sent. I wrote a fucking letter, (laughs) right, to the Independent. I I wasn't that young. I was about 15. 
and I wrote a letter. Really, Lampard. Mother, fetch me, fetch me my Basildon Bond letter-writing equipment that I was bought for my Christmas present. Right. And my monogram fountain pen. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly, you old crone. I have a letter to write to the independent newspaper of London. Put a fresh ink cartridge in it. This is going to be a long letter. <laughs> and then I licked the nib as I began with a flourish. <laughs> Dear sirs, <laughs> to whomever it may concern. <laughs> so I wrote this letter, right? Fair enough. It was a Lampard move, right? <laughs> We've Why all not? Had lamp- Why We've not? all got Lampard skeletons in our We've closet somewhere. We've got a Lampard, yeah. Right. we have. And I wrote it about Tony Adams and... Um, I fucking lost it because my brother, who's a Spurs fan, was so chuffed about this being... Because he obviously despised Tony Adams. I didn't despise Tony Adams, but <laughs> I just thought, why aren't they playing... You know, I was the sort of dickhead who thought, why aren't they playing fucking Chris Waddle centre-back? <laughs> He's much better than Tony <laughs> Adams, right? Uh, yeah, it was about... They used to play Des Walker with Tony Adams at the back. And I was like, you know, why, why do England managers always think that you have to play... A, a brute next to a more elegant guy. So you got yeah. Des Walker, you know. I can't remember who I thought should be there instead, but any probably Tony Gale. And I said, uh, and that was it. And my, my brother actually printed it out and uh, got it framed. Because you see, that's a good example of that's how you should treat a, a younger work. sibling. Yeah, he was definitely. proud. And he had it framed. Yeah. He printed it out. He had it framed and he wrote a note underneath that said, Too right, my son. Right? Yeah. And then I had it on my wall. Can you imagine when the girls came round when I got a bit older? Well, yeah. Oh, please come into my boudoir. Now, you may like to look at the pictures on the come, walls. Come You'll see know that my, my contemporaries, my contemporaries have awful posters of footballers <laughs> or of Ferrari cars from the High Street poster shop Athena. As you can see, I have showcased my published works of literature, such as this letter, which was published in The Independent. Now, would you like to take a look at it? Now, I'll field questions later. May I remove your bra? Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What a fucking twat move. But anyway, I, I was really chuffed about bra? it, mate. I was really chuffed about it. I was. Quite right. And um, I can't remember why we got onto that, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, Players of the Year. So, Graham Sharp. Yeah. When he won it, I was livid, right? Because mm. the player of the year, you'd really look forward to it and you'd, you'd put a lot of stock in it. Now, I mean, old cynical cunts like you and I, we couldn't give a fuck. We probably couldn't even name who was player of the year last year, right? No. We don't care. But when you're that age, you're obsessed with things like that, aren't you? And like, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Who's it yeah. going to be? Fucking Graham Sharp, right? And I couldn't get it because in that team, the skillful players would have been, well, Sheedy. Sheedy, yeah. Was, was a class act, wasn't he? And actually, Paul Bracewell was a classy player. Yeah. And even Trevor Lineker Steven. wasn't sort of skillful as such, but he was a sexier player, right? Yeah. Graham Sharp was just one of those players that other players love because he put such mm. a shift in, right? Good pro. Yeah. Yeah. Does, does so much for other players. I, mm. I don't give a fuck about that. What? He's running the channels to create space for Gary Lineker. <laughs> that, as a fan, that makes no odds. <laughs> I can't fucking see. I don't care. Right? And the other one that they used to give it to sometimes was Steve Nichol. I think he won it twice, and I felt yeah. the same way. I was Similar. like, man, fuck Steve Nichol. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> What's he ever done? When's he ever scored from 35 yards out? Exactly. Cunt. Fucking fuck Steve Nichol. <laughs> give it to Barnes, give it to Beardsley, out of push, give it to Paul Walsh, right? 
Fucking Steve yeah. Nichol used to drive around a bend all these players. And you, you'd accept with with a bit of, you know, you, you'd accept that uh, Jan Molby was a great player because he had yeah. a great pass on him and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But you'd give them that. But, uh, you know, yeah. he was on the fringes of greatness. Jalapeño. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jalapeño. Sky documentaries, though, like loads of stuff that's just available just to download and watch straight away. The Kenny Dalgleish documentary that came out about a year or so ago, that's on there. There's oh, a the one about uh, Arsenal's 1989 season when they won the title in the last minute. Yeah. There is the Gascoigne documentary. There's a one about John McEnroe. There's a one about. Uh, these are all on Sky documentaries. These are all on Sky this is incredible. Mike You've Tyson. The mother load, mate. Mike Tyson, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Uh, this is just in the sports section. George Foreman, Roberto Duran, uh, the I Believe in Miracles about Nottingham Forest winning the That's European Cup that, two yeah. years in a I row. Like that. That's just the sports section. Uh, there's all sorts. Fucking hell! You could just you could last. And that's before we even get into the arts or well, those exactly. ones about South American tribes people, which are yeah. always, always good. I've aren't they? watching, not the least because Mac- you always get to see knockers in those ones. Yeah. Yeah. And all. yeah, you do. Yeah. There's the one about the uh, McDonald's McMillions thing. That's mm. all there. A Lance Armstrong one. Uh, whew, fucking hell, it's all there. It's all there. And if you've got Now TV, I think you can just get all this as well for like Now TV. Well done, Sky. Quid a month, whatever People, it is. I tell you what, you know, Sky coming for a lot of shit, but, yeah. you know, I'm, I think that's great. Well done. Yeah. Well, they're not owned by Murdoch anymore, are they? So it's all right. I'd like them now. Nah, it's all right to be into them. <laughs> Um, Steve Jobs Robin Williams the Gary Shandling two part thing that came out last year there's a Richard Pryor one uh, fucking hell so much so much there you go so that, that's what I did last talking night talking of things yeah, to watch Howard Kendall thing talking of things to watch yeah. I wanted to talk about um, a tweet that was shared by one of my favourite I assume one of your favourite um uh one of your favourite Twitter accounts too. It's one that we interact with a lot. Proper football. Sid oh, yeah. Lambert. Yeah. What a, what an account that is. Every day yeah. there's good content, isn't there? What, is um, it, so if is you it don't just follow called it already, football? It's called Proper follow Football. It. Yeah. Proper Football, is, you search it, but his actual name is at Sid underscore Lambert. Right. And he it, it always delivers. Today, he shared uh, the video for It's Goodbye which was the follow-up single to Diamond Lights by Glenn Hoddle and Chris Waddle. Now, Diamond <laughs> right. Lights is, is very famous, isn't it? Mm. Um, but 
It's Goodbye, less so. It wasn't one I was familiar with. No. He actually gave some brilliant info on it as well. He said it only reached number 92 in the charts as Glenn, oh, as Glenn upped and left for Monaco so he couldn't promote it, right? Right. So just as it comes out, he fucked off. This video is an incredible video. Okay. And is almost worthy of a deep dive or at least a shallow dive. Yeah. Right? Um, I don't know if you're looking at it now, Andy. I've and just I found think it, it, yeah. It would almost warrant a separate episode. But there's one aspect. I mean, it's got the lot, right? They're in awful sort of 80s clothing. They're in what would nowadays be called ill-fitting dad jeans. Yeah. They're dancing together in a way that they've obviously had to work with a choreographer for a long time to teach them how to dance in a pretty rudimentary way. For, and for, you can really two... see them. They're like the person who gets voted out on the first week of Strictly. You can almost see them sort of mouthing the moves to themselves as they as they move. Or have you ever seen, you know in The Jerk, when Steve Martin is has, is the only white guy in that black family yeah. and they yeah. all have a song and dance in the evening after dinner, but he has no rhythm. Yeah, yeah. And he's sort of like, he's kind of clapping and stomping completely out yeah. of tune. It's a great yeah, scene. Well, that's like what that. Chris Waddle looks like in this video. I mean, anyway, considering so got, they were such, considering they're such agile mobile yeah, on the field of players, play, they've got they were like, no idea of these two lads. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's awful. The clothes are awful. Uh, Chris Waddle, Hoddle looks quite into it because I suppose he's a man with faith, so he doesn't really have any self-consciousness because he knows that God, God. he's thinking to himself, well, this is a situation where God has put me here in the video for It's Goodbye with uh, the lad Chris and uh, it's what God wills, so I'll just go along with it. I'm sure it's fine. And if it only gets to number 92 in the charts, well, then that's God's will. Chris and Waddles, so there, think, you know, he's he's not fucking five minutes out of the sausage factory, right? Yeah. What he, last time he danced was in some horrible place in Big Market, right? Um, <laughs> a few years ago, and he, he got beaten up for it, right? Because <laughs> he he was raised to think that dancing always ended in a beating, right? <laughs> if you're a man, yeah, he looks nervous. Right? So that's the way it rolls in Big Market. And so, what you're doing, man? Were you fucking dancing? dancing? No, I wasn't dancing, I swear. I just tripped up on Summit. You were fucking dancing, man. I saw you hey, rhythmically man. moving your waist. Gear nights in Manchester. Piss off. <laughs> right. But one of the other hallmarks of a great 80s video is in here, in that there, there's a narrative. You know, yeah. there's a narrative, right? Yeah. Um, and the narrative seems to be that Chris Waddle has been having a relationship with quite a glamorous young lady. Um, But she has been doing the dirty with Glenn. She has. Right? And Chris reads about it in the paper. Oh. Also, the the bit that caught my attention was, at one point, there's someone taking a snap. I think it's a paparazzi. Paparazzi, But what I first thought was, is that a private detective? And it got me thinking, Andy. Mm. Have you ever hired... Or use the services of a private detective. Not yet. No. I'll say that. It crosses my mind regularly. Mm, me too. And, and I, I, I'm and... quite good at doing my own detective work and my own research. Mm. Um, but, but you do a lot of, I mean, nowadays, private detective work can be done from the comfort of your own online. home. Online. Yeah. But I like an old school private detective who goes out with long lens photographic equipment. Mm-hmm. Also get stuck into the microfiche up at the local town hall. Compiling dossiers. We discussed this dossiers. in the Manchester Odyssey it, on the well, IFS yeah, exactly. earlier in the week. Detectives. Yeah, So that, I, that must have been why private detectives were on my mind. Because we did talk about it earlier in the week. Following vans. And, and, and the thing is, right, 
is I realised that in the 80s, in videos, right, and in TV shows, the use of private detectives was so prevalent that when I was a kid, I thought having your own private detective as a grown-up yeah. was as normal as having a dentist, <clears throat> an accountant, mm. you know, the, the, the sort of key people in your life. Someone right? you'd have you to think, call well, all the time. I see in yeah. a lot of posh adults, they all have their own doctor, they have their own accountant, they might have their own lawyer, and I thought it was completely normal. Because if mm. you think about it, right, in Dallas and Dynasty, they were forever using private detectives to spy on each other, Snoop right? Snoop on their enemies, yeah. They always had quite large blown-up black-and-white prints of their enemies in compromising mm. sexual positions with people, right? Yeah, yeah. In videos, there's this video, and then it made me think of one of the all-time greats, another another one that's ripe for a deep dive, and I hope it comes up on Top Flight Tune Machine. Walking in the Rain by Orange Juice Orange Jones. Orange Juice Jones, yeah. Are you familiar with that video? I am, yeah. It is very sinister. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he uses a private detective in that to spy mm. on his woman, mm. right? And then he uses the evidence against her in a really quite chilling confrontation scene, which they yeah. actually paused the song for in that video. So you can just hear oh, yeah, him did, going they? fucking yeah. mental at her. Yeah. Fucking come hell. in, sit down. He goes, <clears throat> come in, sit down. Let me make you a cup of hot chocolate. Have you had a busy day? And you think, oh, he's leading her into a trap. She goes, yeah, it was great. He goes, yeah, I know exactly how busy your day's been, woman. (laughs) Oh, it's terrible. Anyway, I just thought, fucking hell, private detectives were everywhere in the 80s. You don't get as much anymore. It might be because people can do it themselves more easily online. But there's no substitute for a van with um, bugging equipment inside. There's no mm. substitute for sitting in a van outside someone's house with headphones on, listening via the bug you've placed in a picture frame. Yeah. And there is also no substitute for long-lens photography and Come then developing the photos that you've got in your own personal darkroom. Yeah, which is just a cupboard in your bedroom. In that liquid the, and then hanging yeah, it with a clothes red paint. light on. Yeah. And then putting the light, and then eventually the picture becomes clear, and that's when you see it. I yes, see she evidence. has been having an affair with Cliff yeah. Barnes. The slag! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've got angry again. It's like quiz night all over again. <laughs> anyway, what this leads me to, Andy, is I think, you know, what have we got now in our private uh, Top Flight Time Machine army? We've got a couple mm. of lawyers. We've got a diversified farmer. We've got an archaeologist, yeah. haven't we? We have. I think, did we get a, do- a doctor? We've got a we've doctor. Got a- I think it's best not to reveal everything we've got, Sam, because, no, okay, you know... But, but suffice to say, if you're thinking of coming at us, just know yeah, don't. we don't. have a big fucking operation, yeah. right? And what, But what we don't have as yet, but I would like to appeal for now... Private is a detective. private detective and yeah. not someone who thinks they'd be good as a private detective. We will be looking at um, CVs and we will want yeah. references. We, we want you to, to be a top level. Someone who works for big blue chip corporations, right? Yeah. yeah. Someone who's done a lot of industrial espionage. Yeah. Um, former hey, CID, get, preferably. We could get, yeah, someone who, who got booted out of CID. If we drummed out, we don't mind. We're not judging you. We don't you. care. You've, you've obviously operated outside the rules, so that's probably that's, a good thing. That's appealing to us. Yeah. Because uh, we will be asking you to do some things that are very borderline, <laughs> won't we? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm Listen. looking at this. I'm looking at this video. 
and Chris what, is the reading the newspaper. What, the Orange Jones one? No, or no, still on Waddle and oh, Waddle. Yeah, Chris, Waddle, Chris yeah. is reading the newspaper on the back page. It says, Waddle's a whiz. Yeah. And then he's looking at the front page and it says, Caught out on the town. Lover oh. cheats on pal. And it's yeah. the, the long so lens he's on pick the front and the back. this woman. He's gone well, to the back page and he's like, wow, look at that. It's all standard, about me yeah. being fucking ace. I feel a million bucks. Right, better have a look at the normal news quickly, I suppose. Probably the same old shite. What the fuck's this? I've gone from up here feeling a million dollars to down here feeling like I want to fucking kick myself in the nuts. And he does some fantastic acting as well. Some fantastic stunned-looking acting when he looks at the front page of the paper. It's class. I am so... I would love to speak to the man, find out who directed this video, Mm. because... I'm looking at it and thinking, fucking hell, what a day's work that must have been. It just looks like hell trying to direct them, particularly Chris, not so much Glenn. Um, Glenn's got the statue and gait and sort of natural confidence of a classic Hollywood star. You're Cary Grant's, you're Gregory Peck's, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it was easy to cast them in this, I think. It's easy to cast Waddle as the loser, as the one who's been cuckolded in this, because, you know, it writes itself. It does, yeah. Well, uh, and and so Paul, but Chris just, I mean, it's very hard to direct him. He's dancing, he's acting. Ah, maybe if I can find the director of it, we might make him our next human of honour. Yeah, do an interview with him. Because <laughs> that's coming up soon, isn't it? We've done our first human of honour. Um, We've done our first human of honour interview. in the history of Top Flight Time Machine. We've got a few treats coming your way soon, actually. Because yeah. I think... We we missed something earlier in the week, maybe. Um, and But don't worry, because we always make it up to you. We've got two really big treats coming up. First is, we've never done an interview before. We've never gone in for guests on this podcast, because fucking why would we? Yeah. But there's going to be a little offshoot um, occasional series that we'll just do as and when we can be asked called Top Flight Time Machines, Humans of Honour, where we speak to people who we think have achieved great things that appeal to us greatly and we think will appeal to the counters. And the first one who we mentioned a while ago was Stan Hay, who's a fantastic television writer who wrote some of the greatest shows ever, such as Alvida's Own Pet, The Manageress. Um, he also wrote three of FIFA's fantastic official World Cup films. So there's yeah. so much overlap with He's his right work, his street, canon he? of work. <laughs> <laughs> and our passions at Top Light Time Machine. We looked him up and found him on Twitter. We got in touch with him. He's now um, living happily in the in the countryside by the sounds of things. So, but we got in touch mm. and, I mean, I think he might have been a bit weirded out because suddenly he's just sat there at home. He's an older gentleman now. And then two, yeah. a couple of fucking gobshites got in touch out of the blue and just got him on the phone <laughs> and, and shouted at him about how good all his programmes were for Probably half an hour. And they go, anyway, Bye. <laughs> We've had enough talking to you now, Bye. <laughs> that reminds me, I watched the Venus in Pet episode as well last night as I was sitting up into the small hours. Did you talk about that first one, the bomber one that he was talking about? No, I didn't. I, I picked the one uh, where Oz falls in love with a German woman and oh, he yeah. pretends that he's the owner of the building company. <laughs> it's great. Brilliant but move. the trouble is, they're, again, they're all on, on demand. That are on the uh, the drama channel or the yesterday channel, something like that. But they've all been cut to shreds. Loads of the swearing's been taken out because they've been repeating oh. them. Ju- they've been repeating them kind of early evening and during the afternoons and stuff like that. So they've well, just I I just got it on um, on Amazon Prime. 
and I don't think it's edited on those. I don't think. Oh, that's good then. Yeah, watch it there or buy the DVD for the proper. Uh, proper I've experience. only watched series one. I haven't got on to the next one where they do the house yet. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, we spoke. To, we spoke to Stan Hay. It was great, and we're going to release that next week for everyone. That's that's yeah. going to be. Is it going to be a freebie? Yeah, yeah, for everyone, yeah. I think, yeah. So everyone can hear that, and it's really interesting. He's a lovely guy, very talented guy, and we love speaking to him. And we also have some more content, free content coming your way, Ooh. which is um, something we unearthed, really, from from a um, an archive. Uh, it's that, not free, though, is it? What, the, AFS, um, isn't it? The, the Star Wars thing? Yeah, it's going to be IFS first. IFS oh, premiere. Yeah. Well, you better fucking sign up to the IFS then, dickheads. <laughs> Get yourself on Patreon slash Top Flight Time Machine because uh, if you came to live shows, you'll have had a taste of this, but we actually have uh, George Lucas doing a really rare and exclusive yeah. audio commentary so on Lucas, yeah. uh, the box set of the original Star Wars trilogy mm-hmm. in which he explains the true story behind how Star Wars, or as he calls it, space film, yeah. was first made. Um, we have this now. We, I think we we gave a taste of it at our live shows, but we now have the whole thing on video with the full story. It's really fascinating for Star Wars films or just any lover of film. Um, mm. I'll probably release the trailer for that later today, and yeah, it'll be that. exclusive for IFS members next week. The whole film. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Then. So that's that's it for this one. I've got one, mate. I have got one last thing. I'm oh, really sorry, right. but I'll do it real oh, quick. Fine. You know, I do sometimes do a Columbo. But the thing was, earlier in the week, it was top of my list. Yesterday, when I was thinking about recording this, it was top of my list of things I wanted to tell you about. And then, like, well, there's been so much other stuff to discuss, like Graham Sharp, etc. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, uh, so I'll just keep it brief. I know Dream Chat is banned, but my grandfather, who died in 1997, yep. right, he, came, he visited me in a dream mm. on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, Thursday morning, I suppose. Mm-hmm. He visited me in a dream. I hadn't seen him pop up in a dream. I don't know how often your grandparents pop up in your dreams. They do now and again. It's really yeah. weird because they're really Cameo appearances dreams. they make, don't they? And very mm. often, you know when you're in a dream and you know it's a dream and you kind of yeah. think, oh, all right. You, you haven't, haven't seen you in a while. Oh, Thanks, but it- look who it is. <laughs> Old Granddad Delaney. Where the fuck have you been? I haven't seen you in a dream in years. Nice right? bit of dreaming I'm doing here. Mm, dream, yeah, dream, 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 dream. But it wasn't, mate. Usually, I'm delighted when he turns oh. up in my um oh. in my dreams. It's lovely to see him. But no, because do you know what he fucking said to me? This is a big new niche, right, for people to text tweet in about. What did he say? He fucking came to me, right, and he fucking told me he looked me square in the eye, and he's like, "You still into football, right? You know, since I've been dead." He's Irish, my granddad. Yeah, are you still into football? Yeah. yeah, of course I'm fucking still into football. I haven't just stopped being into it. I'm a living right. man. Of course I am. Well, I don't know. I've been in heaven. Maybe football doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Maybe sports moved on. Right? <laughs> and I went, yeah, I'm still into football. And do you know what he said? He went, do you know something, Sam? And I can't remember if I told you this, but I was at the first ever football match. And I said, what, <laughs> what? do you mean? The first ever football match where? And he went, no, it was the first ever football match pay- played in the history of the world. And I was at it. And I was like, oh, yeah, when was that? And he went, it was in Belfast in 1848, right? And I was like, 
I mean, I wanted to be respectful because I thought yeah. he is my granddad. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, through his teeth. I just went to him, listen, mate, that is bollocks, right? And he was like, what did you say to me? And I went, first of all, I went 1848. I know for a fact, because we'd recently watched that programme about the history of football, hadn't we? Yeah. With our yeah. mate Julian Fellows, right? <laughs> and I gone, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was much later than that, right? Much later. Yeah. And and second of all, you weren't fucking alive in 1848. How old do you reckon you were? I w- he goes to me, I was alive in 1848. What do you know about when I was alive? And I was like, just because you're an old man who's now dead, you can't just go around making up times that you were alive. That's about... That's like 80 years before you were fucking born. Anyway, I had a proper row with him about it. And then luckily I woke up. So uh, has your grand, has a grandparent ever bullshitted you in a dream? (laughs) And has it led to a big argument? Because I argued with him really badly. And I actually told my dad about this. In fact, there was a Cosmos incident the Mm. next day. It had been bugging me all day, right? Fucking, and that's why I was like, I can't wait to do the podcast because no one else is going to understand why I'm so angry about this, right? I don't know why he did that. And um, he's trying to make a fucking cunt out of me, wasn't he? And then I sort of, then my dad sent this message to the whole family group we've got on WhatsApp saying, I've got this old short story that Bebar, which was the name of us, what we called our granddad, right? right. That, he, that he, uh, he wrote when he was younger, and I've transcribed it all out and written it up on the computer. And yeah. I'll send it to you if you want. And yeah. I thought, fuck me. Right? Yeah. I, I, this bloke hadn't popped up in my head or my dreams for ages. Suddenly he does. Next day, my dad gets in touch out of the blue and says, by the way, I've unearthed a short story written by your granddad. Do you want to read it? Fucking hell. Cosmos. Cosmos shit. I'll leave oh it God. at that. I think you should. <laughs> 